Psalm 34. Let me get over there. I imagine you noticed in our praise and worship time, there was the theme of fear not. Amen? So, today we're going to talk a few minutes about the fear of man. The fear of man, which is one of the common fears. But we're going to talk a little bit about fear in general to begin with. But um, Psalm 34 Verse 1 to 4. Let's read this out loud together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Amen? How many fears? All. Amen. All my fears. Hallelujah. Is it possible for Christians to be free from all fears? Amen? Unfortunately, most are not. But we're going to do something about that here. Amen? <laughs> Yes, if you get your head around the wrong subject. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear the word, you can be. Let's put it like that. If you hear the word and act on it, you can be free from all fears. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Satan, uh, fear is Satan's major tool to stop faith and to stop our forward progress and to stop us from stepping out and receiving all the things that God promises in his word. And if you try to think of anything uh, at Satan's disposal that, uh, that would try to hinder or paralyze us uh, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, that does not have fear attached to it, you can't really think of anything. The fear, in anything you're facing right now that uh, is an obstacle or hesitation or from stepping out or from obtaining, you know, uh, something you're believing for, it's probably got a fear attached to it somewhere, somewhere in there because that is one of Satan's major uh, tools. And we can't be complacent about fear as believers. And our ability to overcome it uh, is a major part of living in victory. And uh, whether we're, we live as a victorious Christian or a defeated Christian. So uh, let's turn over to 2 Timothy uh, 1. This is a familiar scripture to us, 2 Timothy 1, <clears throat> verse 7. Let's read this one out loud. 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Other translations include the words coward and timid. I think if you have the amplified translation, it probably uses the word timidity and cowardice or something like that. So fear refers to cowardice and timidity. Uh, here's a definition I came across in the dictionary. A panic that grips a person, causing them to run away, to be alarmed, scared, frightened, dismayed, filled with dread, intimidated, anxious, and apprehensive. So fear covers the whole range from minor dread of something all the way to a full-blown panic attack. Now the Greek word most commonly translated fear is this word. And you can see this is where we get the English word phobia. It's translated from that. It originally meant flight and that which may cause flight. Uh, I think it's Vine's uh, dictionary, Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words uh, says that which is caused by the intimidation of adversaries. To intimidate means to make timid or fearful, to discourage or suppress by threats of violence. Not just, not the actual act of violence, just the threat of something to you produces a fear. So usually that's all Satan has to do is just threaten you some way and put threat, threat, thoughts of threat in your mind and that's usually enough to get you to back off. So fear is the reverse of faith and it produces the exact opposite results of faith. So fear is a negative magnet and we, we know from Job, that's a whole sermon in itself, but I think it's Job 3.25, uh, somewhere around there. Job said, what I greatly feared came upon me. So what you fear, you attract to yourself. It's like a negative magnet. It, brings it, it activates Satan to bring undesirable things to you the way faith activates God to bring desirable things to you. Now, uh, you notice there in Timothy, it said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. Now, let's just talk briefly about uh, where does fear come from? What's the source of fear? And we're just going to briefly touch on this. But over in Genesis, God created Adam in his own likeness and image. And, um, well, let's just turn over there for a second. Um, actually, Genesis 3 is 
where we actually want to get to. But, but uh, God created Adam with all the life forces of God in him. Love, faith, righteousness, wisdom, peace. All the life forces of God resided in Adam. But uh, over here in Genesis 3, um, after they sinned, in verse 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Now that's the first time we see the word fear in the Bible. What happened? Up to this time, prior to this time, they met with God every day. They fellowshiped with him. They, uh, you know, visited. They, they were buddies, you know. They fellowshiped together. And from one day to the next, they were hiding from God. So what's the only thing that changed? They sinned, yeah. They sinned, and they bowed their knee to this evil force uh, that's not of God, and a lot of ramifications came out of that. But what had been faith in their spirit was now fear, and they and he actually verbalized his fear. He actually vocalized it. What had been righteousness, they, they had been righteous, now uh, they were unrighteous, you know, they were sinful. And so the only thing that happened from one day to the next was their sin. He knew he was guilty, he knew he deserved punishment, uh, you know, he, um, so, and the fear of punishment moved in. You know, but, but fear and spiritual death moved in him. And we may talk about it later, but over in Hebrews, you know, it says, uh, you know, Jesus uh, broke the power of death over us. Uh, and he talks about the, the, the fear of uh, bondage to death, you know. Uh, and Jesus broke that power of bondage to death over us. And that's really the master fear is, a, is the, the fear of death. If you don't have a fear of dying, you're not going to be afraid of many things. Uh, so so that's, that's a major kind of the, the source uh, root fear that everybody has, that the devil really comes against people with, is the fear of death. But Jesus has broken that. But when he sinned, this spiritual death, moved in and now he had a fear of dying and and this is something as believers we should have no fear of dying uh, but I'm not going to go any further with that right now but uh, this is the first mention of fear in the Bible and this is the source of fear this is where it came in it came in with sin so uh, Jesus has delivered every born-again believer 
out of this law of sin and death. Uh, we're, we've now been made righteous. We have no reason to fear God. We have no reason to fear God. We've been made righteous. We've been cleansed. And even when we miss it, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. So we have no fear of punishment. So, so that fear really has been taken away, but that's something we really have to have mind renewal about uh, because he had a fear of punishment. We don't have that. We, we've been, we're new creatures in Christ. There's no reason for us to be afraid of God or be afraid that he won't come through for us or to doubt or question God or anything like that. But from a, a victorious standpoint, many Christians are still dominated by Satan. And these uh, threats, threats of fear, he uses threats, really. Uh, you know, if he could do what he says he's going to do to you, why hadn't he already done it? You know, if he, if he, if he could kill you, why hadn't he already done it? You know, he, he's not the powerful being that he props himself up to be. He just, uh, he, he works through deception and he's a liar. He's the father of all lies and whatever he's speaking to your mind, it is a lie. And I don't care how real it looks in the natural, it's a lie and he cannot do it. Uh, but we have to yield, we, we have to resist this fear and we, we can't yield to it. And that's within our control. So let's look particularly at one of the common fears, which is the fear of man. So the Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So if free, freedom from fear is available to us, then we want to, that's what we want to be aiming for, to be free from all fears. Now, I, I think um, as long as we're here and the devil's here, we will experience from time to time the feeling of fear. I don't think we can escape the feeling of fear from time to time because we're here and the devil's here. The Bible says in the future that the lamb will lay down with the lion and uh, people won't be afraid of other people, people won't be afraid of animals, animals won't be afraid of people and you can see that in the garden before Adam sinned Animals weren't fighting each other, you know, they all got along happily. They stayed on the ark for a year together or whatever, and they didn't have any fights break out, you know. Um, but uh, animals got along, and in the future it says a child will play with a snake. Mm -hmm. Pull a snake out of his den and play with it. And the snake won't be afraid of the child, and the child won't be afraid of the snake. So that's coming in the future, but in the meantime, I don't think we can escape having the feeling of fear from time to time, but like Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. Right. You know, you can't just wait for the feeling of fear to leave 
before you step out. Step out. Do it, do it in fear. Uh, I, I saw one quote someone made, uh, you know, you may have butterflies in your stomach, but just make sure they're all in formation, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of the same way of saying, do it afraid, you know? So, uh, so we have authority over it. What are we to do when we have these feelings of fear? We're to resist it. We're, we're to resist it. Speak to it. Speak to fear. Cast down these fear-filled faults. I don't care if you have to do it a hundred times a day. Because if you don't cast down these faults, that, that the devil, these suggestions he, and threats he brings to you, the next thing you're going to do, you're going to vocalize it. And you're going to start talking your fears. 1 John 4.18 says, Fear hath torment. It's a tormenting spirit. It's, a, it's tormenting uh, to live that way. And I, I, in the past, I've had to, to deal with it in certain areas. And it's a tormenting thing. And when you haven't had any teaching like this, and you're just getting started, it's, a tough, it's tough going because you don't know how to handle it. You don't know what to do about it. Uh, but once you begin to, to get in the Word and you learn about the power of the spoken word and how the devil operates, you begin to get some insight into him, and he's not the big shot that he threatens. He can't do everything to you he threatens you with. So, uh, the Good News translation uh, of Psalm 34 says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. The message translation says, God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. The NIRV says, I looked to the Lord and he answered me. He saved me from everything I was afraid of. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's turn over to Proverbs 29. What was the reference in... Oh, 1 John uh, 4.18. Yeah. I think that's also the one that says, Perfect love cast out fear, for fear hath torment. Uh, Proverbs 29. Verse 25. The fear of what? The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Or the margin of my Bible says shall be set on high. The Common English Bible says people are trapped by their fear of others. Those who trust the Lord are secure. God's Word translation says, a person's fear sets a trap for him, but one who trusts the Lord is safe. 
So a snare is a trap, isn't it? A snare is a trap. The Living Bible says, Fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust God, but to trust in God means safety. Now we won't turn there, but you can write down Romans 8, 14, and 15 that says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit of bondage. Now remember what we read in 2 Timothy 1, 7. The spirit of fear. So we have one verse refers to it as the spirit of fear and Romans 8, 14. Uh, 15 says the spirit of bondage. So fear is not just an emotional or, or a mental state. It's a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And if you are led by fear, then you are being led by a spirit that's not the spirit of God. And through fear, and we've all done this from time to time, but through fear, Christians have sometimes been robbed of most of God's plan for their life. Being led by fear. This is a subtle and a dangerous thing. People make decisions, not even checking their spirit, not even checking their heart not even trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. When we get up in the morning, from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, periodically we need to be checking our heart on the inside. How's the Lord leading us? Uh, you know, which way do we go today? What do we, what do we do? What's the Lord leading me to do today? Uh, jobs? Schools, money, have nothing to do with it. None of that matters when it comes to making a decision. What is your heart telling you? You gotta check with your heart. If you're making decisions based on money or fear or anything else, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by something else. So if you're led by fear, you're thinking, well, if I do that, I might miss it. Or if I don't do that, I might miss it. What will they think? You know, should I do it? Should I not do it? Uh, all these kinds of conflicting thoughts. Um, I heard Joyce Meyer say um, the whole time of her growing up, that she was abused by her father. Her mother never opened her mouth and mentioned it to her one time. And her mother knew the whole time it was happening. Now, she said 30 some odd years later, after she left home, her mother 
apologized to her. Thirty-something years later, her mother finally opened her mouth and talked about it. And she said, she explained, this is what her mother said. She said, I was afraid, get these words, I was afraid of what people would think if I left your father. I was afraid of what people would say if they found out the truth. And I was afraid that I could not support you and your brother financially if I left your father. Fear, fear, fear. Now, you would have thought, remember the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. Do you suppose the Lord would have helped her if she would have just stepped out in faith do you suppose the Lord would have helped her and sent people around her to help her if she would have just stepped out and got herself and her kids out of that bondage? Fear. Fear is why, she said, fear is why I didn't do it. I didn't do anything about it. I was afraid. So, uh, you know, every day people make decisions based on the fear of people. What they do, what they don't do, where they go, where they don't go, what they get involved in, what they don't get involved in. You know, uh, they're led by people and what people will think instead of checking your heart. You know, what's your heart? What's your heart telling you? So, so when we're led by fear and we're led by what other people think and these kind of things, we're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't make our decisions based on what other people think. And that's not to say we don't care what other people think. Uh, to some point we do care what other people think, but we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be concerned about what they think to the point that we miss God. We shouldn't think, be concerned to the point that we miss God. So when we, when we say, I don't care what people think, I'm not talking about being rude and disrespectful to people and saying, well, I don't care what they think about me. I'm talking about uh, being afraid to step out and do something for God because of what other people might say or think. So we have to choose between pleasing the Lord or pleasing other people. And, you know, we, we have to make that decision. You know, we're going to follow the Lord regardless of what other people say or think. Uh, I can remember after I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and spoke in other tongues, the devil use fear to keep me from leaving the denomination I was in and, and moving on to a spirit-filled church. And, and, you know, from time to time that would come across my mind, and I know it was, you know, the Lord was dealing with me about it, but the, the devil would say, boy, you don't want to get mixed up with those people. I mean, you know, they, uh, you just, see, what, 
when you step out in faith, you are leaving the known and the familiar, and you're stepping into the unknown. I mean, that's really what Abraham did, didn't he? It's, he, he? He didn't know where he was going. All God said was just go. He didn't know where he was going. You know, when I came here, uh, I was leaving the known and the familiar, and I was leaving security, and I came here to the unknown. And, and, and you got to, you know, you, when you step out in faith, you really got to trust God. I went to Africa not knowing anybody on the continent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I did know a couple, maybe four people here, loosely. I had met them one time, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it takes courage and it takes faith, you know, uh, to step out. But, but the devil, you know, well, what about this and what about that, you know, you know, uh, and he would bring up thoughts about, well, what about your parents? You know, my parents were beginning to get a bit older. Well, who's going to take care of them? You know, why shouldn't you? You know, you're not married. Why shouldn't you stay here and take, you know, I mean, they were in good health when I left, but, you know, the devil puts all these thoughts in your mind. And it, boy, I had to push through all that. I just had to push through all that and... And uh, it wasn't easy. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, you know. But, um, you know, we, we, we have to decide we're going to follow the Lord. And my family may have thought I was crazy. And, but, you know, I just thought, I, I don't care what they think. I've just got to follow my heart, you know. So um, we have to push through these things. We have to resist it. And at that time... I didn't know any of this I'm talking to you about. No. I didn't know anything about faith or the word or fear or the devil or how he operates or anything. This stuff was just coming at my mind. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's all I, fortunately, all I could do was just try to follow my heart the best I could. I just thought, God has put this in my heart. And I don't have the answer to all these questions the devil's <laughs> firing at me, you know. But, um, so we just have to resist it. But now I know what to do. I can speak to fear and I can tell it to leave and I can speak to the devil and he has to flee and all that. But I didn't know that when I, when I started out. <clears throat> so, uh, so it was several more years before I actually uh, left the denomination that I was in because I just listened to these to the devil uh, try to use fear to keep me out. Why did why was he so interested in keeping me out of speaking in tongues and all that? Yeah, he wanted to keep me in those denominational traditions and keep me from finding out the truth and what really belonged to me and and the power and and all this because I I wasn't I was in a powerless church, you know. <laughs> You know, and and I'm sure I'm probably not the only one here that can say that. But it was several years before I left, and praise God, I was able to push through that. But the Holy Spirit will lead you out of trouble, not into trouble. The spirit of fear will lead you into destruction and bondage. Now we're not going to turn there, but write down Proverbs one twenty seven. The New Living Version says, 
Fear will come to you like a storm. Hard times will come like a strong wind when trouble and suffering come upon you. So fear, the fear is to lead you into destruction. That's what happened to Job. Fear, he, he, he didn't realize his mouth had something to do with it and he was acting on fear concerning his children and he opened the door to the devil and boy did he come in. Uh, and it brought destruction. He says, what I've greatly feared has come upon me. So fear led him into destruction. Lamentations 3.47 says, Fear and a snare is come upon us, desolation and destruction. So you can see the connection here between fear and trouble and destruction. Fear and a snare is come upon us. Doesn't that sound like what we read in Proverbs 29, 25? Uh, the fear of man is a snare, brings a snare. Uh, what about preachers? Can preachers be led by fear? Yes. Yeah. There are preachers that won't preach on certain subjects in the Bible because they're afraid of the people. They're afraid they'll leave. They're afraid they won't give. And, and once you go down that road, it's just more and more difficult to to get out of it. You're just running around, you know, uh, trying to please everybody and and not pleasing God. Not doing what, what God's, you know, told you to do. Uh, I heard this story about um, a church where the pastor uh, was preaching on some things that, and it, came to upset this family. And this is one of the biggest families in the church. And they were quite, you know, they originally this one family came and then all the extended family came with them. So it was a big clan kind of. And they were quite big givers in the church. And he began to preach on some things that upset the family. And so the head of the clan came to him and said, you know, this, you know, can't have this, you know, you, you, you got to tone this down or whatever. And uh, the pastor said, well, he said, we're going to leave. Uh, he said, I'm going to take my whole family with me. And the pastor said, well, we love you and we don't want to see you leave, but you can't tell me what to preach. So they left. And uh, the pastor, <laughs> the pastor was you know, praying about it, he went to the Lord about it, and he said, well, Lord, my biggest givers just left. And the Lord said, no, I'm still here. <laughs> so I thought that, that was good. That was really good. That was a good, really good. But, uh, you know, this happens in a lot of churches. People use money to try to manipulate and control the pastor. And the only thing worse than politics is religious politics. And don't think there's not some of it around, you know. But, um, you know, we, we just have to push through this. Amen? Hallelujah. So, praise God.
Let's go to Galatians 2 real quick. Galatians 2. And we'll just see one little example here um, of a confrontation among preachers. Uh, Galatians 2, 11 and 12. Um, you know, when the Gentile or the non-Jewish believers began to get saved, you know, uh, the apostles were teaching them, uh, you know, you don't have to observe the law of Moses. You don't have to learn, observe all these rules and regulations. Uh, you don't have to be circumcised. Uh, you know, you're saved by grace through faith, and this is what they were being taught. Uh, but we got an example here where um, uh, Paul confronted Peter. Uh, Peter had a little backslidden moment, and Paul confronted him about it. Now I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. It says, but when P Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. Now, you got to understand, Peter was the big man, you know, in this early church. After he recovered from betraying Jesus, boy, did God use him. I mean, and after he was filled, got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, he, you see, he was powerful. Boy, I mean, he was, uh, he and John healed that man, you know, God used him to heal that man at the temple, and signs and wonders were following them. So he was a a significant person in the early church and here's Paul who's a newcomer on the block and he wasn't even one of the original disciples and he's pulling Peter up on the carpet saying what you did is wrong and that took a bit of boldness to do that he says when when he first arrived he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised but afterward, when some friends of James came, some Jewish followers, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from the people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. So he had been eating with the Gentiles and eating all, you know, food that are, are, had been forbidden to the Jewish people. He was he was fellowshipping, eating with the Gentiles, and all of a sudden, when the Jewish brethren came in and he saw them come to in the room, he gets up from the table and he leaves the Gentiles and all the other people with him. The whole table got up and walked away because the Jewish brethren were going to say, what are you doing eating with the Gentiles? And Paul said, well, if, if eating with the Gentiles is, was okay yesterday, why isn't it okay today, you know? So, but it says he got up and, and left the Gentile believers because he didn't want to give the appearance to the Jewish believers, you're eating with Gentiles and you're not supposed to be. So it says he was afraid of, critic, of criticism from them, so they all got up and they walked away. Now these are preachers. So, so uh, you know, he did it because he was afraid of criticism. He didn't want to be criticized by the Jewish believers. 
So even as mighty and powerful as the church was at that time, and, and, and Peter, uh, he had a little backslid moment. He, Paul called it, he said, you're a hypocrite. One day you eat with him, and the next day you don't. Either you're free or you're not free. You know, either you eat with them all the time, uh, but you don't get up and leave just because somebody else came to town, you know, and they might see you eating with the, with the Gentiles. Uh, in the Passion Translation, it says, fearing how it would look to them. They got up and left. The Worldwide English Translation says, he was afraid of what the Jews might think. So these were preachers, but they got sucked up into hypocrisy because of fear of what other people might think. So is there something more important than what people think? How about what God thinks? Amen? What, what God thinks is more important than what people think. Amen? Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. And let's say this together. I will not yield to the spirit of fear. I will not be dominated by the spirit of fear. I will resist it and it will flee from me. I will give it no place. I will not let my heart be afraid. I will not let my heart be troubled. No matter what I see. No matter what I hear. No matter what I feel. I will not let them in. I can go and do as the Holy Spirit leads. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Keeps my heart in mind. In Jesus' name. The name above all names. Amen.